Good morning, and welcome back to Word, here in their inspirational. I am Carolyn, your host. Teamwork. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Hebrews ten twenty four. No man is an island, and neither is any woman, especially if you're married. When God created mankind, he intended for us to function as a community that lives and works together. When he brings two people together as husband and wife, they can best show their mutual love by helping each other become the best people they can be. Spend some time praying and about thinking about how you can spur your husband on towards love and good deeds. Be specific and obvious in that encouragement. Remember to speak and act in ways he understands. As he grows in those acts of love and good deeds, he will become a better, deeper person and just may begin encouraging you in the same way. What a team. Today our inspirational story is titled, Sisters in Time. I wonder whether I was a failure as a big sister's volunteer, over 40, full of adult responsibilities and with children of my own. What was I giving Amber that was of any value? I couldn't understand her life. Amber was quiet with me. When she did speak, she kept her head down. At seven years old, she often had her fingers, fist, or shirt in her mouth. Her skin was mahogany dark, her features perfect. When she did lift her chin, her bright eyes gave way nothing. Her skin had a smooth matte finish that seemed not to reflect your gaze, but to pull you in. If you saw a picture of just her face, you might think her to be 27. I like Amber, but I didn't like to pick her up at her home. No matter how many times I called to remind her I was coming, she was never ready. Small house was full of aunts, uncles, cousins, and chaos. Amber was always looking for a shoe, a coat, a swimsuit, or something needed for our outing. Her grandmother was kind to me, The scads of children talked to me cautiously and then returned to their rambunctious play. Amber did not run to me and hug me when I came to pick her up. She didn't thank me when I dropped her off. At the end of each visit, I'd ask her, what was your favorite part of our time together? She always mumbled back everything. Sometimes that one word was her only word on our ride back to her house. The one word kept me coming back. When she did talk, she often told me things I didn't believe. I got suspended for fighting, but the teacher told me to hit the other kid. My grandmother said to meet her at the ice cream store, so you have to take me there. I don't have to do homework. She also told me things I believed. No, I don't have any gloves. I had some, but I can't keep anything in my house. My house is crazy with too many people. Yes, I like the shirt you got me for Christmas. They were the only long sleeve shirts I had all winter, but they're getting small for me. I was careful not to buy her too much. I'd been cautious against this by the big sister's social worker. I did buy 10 pairs of gloves at the dollar store, and I gave her a new pair every time I saw her that winter. I found clothes from my now grown daughter in the attic and gave Amber a few things each time I saw her. I couldn't bring peaceful order to her life, but I could try to meet some simple needs. Her family kept her hair beautifully braided. My aunties came over Thursday and braided all my hair. Her clothes were clean and well-matched. 
They had a tree at Christmas and a pot of petunias on the front porch in the summer. Between them, the extended family tried to give these children a good life. I never understood the identity of all the relatives that came and went, and after a while, I gave up trying. I just knew that some stayed a while, and some dropped off their kids and left. Some came by to cook dinner, to cut the grass, or to shoo all the kids out and scrub the floors. After a year of planned outings, bowling, miniature golf, movies, dinners, and games, I wondered if I'd done anything for Amber that really made a difference in her life. On my way to pick her up one crisp November afternoon, I was feeling guilty that my life was so busy that I had to take her with me to get my oil changed and then to the grocery store before we could go to my house to make homemade pizza together. The same scene greeted me when I arrived to pick her up. Her small kitchen was full of people yelling to the hallway, Amber, get your coat. Find your other shoe. Your big sister is here. The house felt crowded and hot, so I said I'd wait outside after reminding one of the aunts that Amber should bring along her homework. Amber didn't appear for ten minutes, enough time for me to think about our year of outings. Some months earlier, I had decided not to constantly correct Amber, and instead, on each visit, I tried to teach. Amber, one thing, using a more positive approach. I remember how once I told her, You have such a beautiful face, but I can't see it when you put your hands in your mouth. I realized that she didn't put her hands in her mouth anymore. Then I remembered that the lies had stopped after I said, The folks at Big Brothers Big Sisters matched us because we're both smart. You can't fool me, and she was holding her head up now. She didn't hug me when she came out the door, but I did get a hello and a faint smile. The oil change took more than an hour. As we waited, I helped her with her homework, and we went through the papers in her backpack. We talked about the colors she used in her painting and how confusing subtraction is when you have to do a lot of borrowing. I checked my watch several times. The oily smell seemed to remind me that this was no place for a special outing. I didn't feel much better about our activity at the grocery store until some unusual things happened. Unusual for Amber, that is. She seemed carefree, almost excited. I had to remind her not to run in the store. Then she skipped. Once, while we were talking about what kind of cheese to buy, she gently squeezed my hand. She must be excited about making pizza, I thought. Perhaps cooking together would be a breakthrough. When we got to my house, she worked with me to roll out the dough. The rest of my family joined us. We all made our own little individual pizzas and played a game of Uno together before I took Amber home. Amber was, as usual, quiet on the drive back. I asked, what was your favorite part of our time together? She answered in a split second, the car place. She took a gulp of air. I liked the time with just you and me. I glanced in the rearview mirror, and her eyes were already there, ready to meet mine. I liked that too, I answered. During the rest of the ride home, we were silent and happy in each other's presence. As we walked to her house, I asked if I could give her a hug. She turned and wrapped her arms around me, then quickly bolted to the door. As she grabbed the knob, she turned her head towards me. Her eyes met mine again. We both saw each other's tears. She ran back and gave me one more hug. Fast as lightning strikes, she was gone. She disappeared into her busy home full of people who loved her. We were of different races and separated by almost four decades. We lived in different parts of the city and lived different lives. But our time together had brought us to a new understanding. 
We knew then that we were sisters. We still are. This is Carolyn with Word Here and There Inspirational. Have a good day.